Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we've got our cornerback draft preview, a fun one. Probably the deepest position in this class. Like, this is this true, truly is. And it's a position, like, it's probably, like, tied with wide receiver. That's highest odds for the Giants to pick at 25. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, what's going on? How you doing? We are one week closer to... Draft week to draft day. Uh, I'm getting excited. I'm really excited. Uh, cornerback, like you said, deep position, deep class. And then also it kind of is a need for the Giants, like a lot of different positions. But cornerback, even if cornerback isn't always a quote-unquote position of need, I feel like every single year it's good to kind of stockpile on some corners, stockpile on some corners. Uh, cornerback just always seems to be one of those positions that you're going to be digging in the depth uh, as the year goes on throughout an NFL season. And if the Giants can grab one of these corners that maybe we're going to talk about, or even one of the corners that we're not going to talk about because it is a deep class, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, so we we went and looked at guys that the Giants you know, did top 30 visits with. And this is a great position to be like, hey, they kind of have like a – like a frame they're looking for. Like you got to be six foot. You got to have, you know, some decent size arms. Like we, we know what they're looking for out of these corners and guys who have the ability to play press man coverage. So uh, I, I hope we get one of these guys, Justin, because again, there's guys who could be first round targets that we can talk about. There's only one guy on this that is like, eh, it might not be there at 25 and Joey Porter Jr. Who we'll talk about first. And then it's like, man, these second round, third round projected guys, I would really love to, like, I'd be excited if we got Darius Rush in the third round. Yeah. Like, I'd be really excited about that. If we got Tyreek Stevenson in the second round, I'd be even more excited. So, it's a position that the Giants are most likely going to add, and I'm excited about it. One thing I want to ask you about, because every single year, something that's, like, frustrated me a little bit about previewing cornerbacks. Now, I've I've only done the, the eight that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. Um, you have probably done a, a, a little bit more, you know, more, more than I have. But every year... Through the last couple years, I've gotten frustrated with this guy's projected to be in the slot. This guy's projected to be in the slot. This guy's projected to be in the slot. I don't think any of these guys are quote unquote projected or have to be slotted into the slot, no pun intended, because of their lack of size. This is a class with a lot of size. Their arms are long. They're tall. They're big. So what do, what do you think about that? No, I agree. I mean, we are putting together a list. The only guy who like is someone we would maybe have talked about in past years that we didn't this year is Clark Phillips from Utah. Like he's, he's the only one because he doesn't really meet those size thresholds that the giants want to get. And again, this is a deep corner class. And I mean, every single guy we talk about to me is an outside corner in the NFL. Every, every single guy. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, Justin, let's get into this cornerback draft preview. Before we get into it, this episode was brought to you by one special person. And that is Jacob, Jacob Brown, J- Justin, who is Jacob Brown? Bad, bad Jacob Brown. Mm, bad, bad Jacob Brown. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. You know the drill. You know where you got to go. You know where you got to hang out with us live while we record the shows. You know where Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. And you know where you can have the opportunity to win a shirt. Uh, well, a couple times, uh, there's a couple times a month, there's some shirt raffles. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. And again, for our draft preview episodes, uh, see the timestamps. 
uh, for notes on when we're talking about certain players, and then also comment on the video, like the video, make sure you're subscribed to Talking Giants on YouTube. We're on the push for 25,000 subscribers, Bobby Skinner. Um, comment your favorite player that we did talk about on this episode, and then also comment your favorite cornerback that we did not talk about on this episode. Appreciate all of you. Appreciate you guys. All right, Justin, let's get into this, and we'll 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 just go kind of like top rated to lowest rated. And the one guy we mentioned before that I can see probably going in the top twenty is Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State, six foot two, one hundred ninety three pounds, thirty four inch arms, Throt, a size thresholds. I mean, he he knocks him out of the park. Like that's that's what that's what you, when you're building a corner on Madam, this this is the size you're making this guy. He is a long, and he plays like it. He's an alpha on the field. He's a long press corner, and he just plays with confidence. Obviously, the son of Joey Porter uh, from the Steelers, who was one of the more fun players, played linebacker, but one of the more fun players to play. And to me, Justin, he's just the king of the sideline. Like, you will not win on the outside against him, and that's how we see wide receiver ones win, is like winning the sideline, and Joey Porter just does not let you do that. He gets hands on guys, and he just stays in the hip, and we're going to talk about some guys who can be handsy and get penalties. Joey Porter Jr. is someone who is very handsy, but he does it the right way, and he's not going to get penalized like a lot of these other guys do. Like, he plays with confidence, and he's not going to be a guy who's grabbing, and he's not... He's not a corner who is handsy and ah he lost this on the break. He grabs and tries to get back into it. That's not what Joey Porter Jr. is. Um, and to me, man, like Wink Martindale's like begging for this guy to slip. He might be asking Joe Shane to trade up for him. Yeah, I mean the arm length, thirty-four inch arms, is in the ninety-ninth percentile. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. is twenty-two. He's turning twenty-three in the month of July, so I think that all that all kind of balances out with Joe Shane's age threshold. Um, a lot of these, I thought some of these corners would be somewhat younger, some of these top corners, but they're not. Uh, maybe is the draft class and our and is the NFL draft kind of evening out with all the with all the COVID years and stuff like that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But uh, physically natured corner covers up receivers downfield with his body length, and I think that's his length is how he wins. Um, you know, and he, and he is six two. It's not you know you see some corners that are maybe six foot and then have these really really long arms and it looks weird. Joey Porter Jr. wears it well because he is already naturally tall um, and lengthy anyway. So any kind of speed questions, and I think there are long speed questions there, Bobby Skinner. Any kind of long speed questions and change of direction stuff it's it's there but i think it could be negated with how long he is and how he can make some plays on the football yeah and i don't worry much about long speed as far as on the sideline like he's not going to get stacked and be deep um you know give zero touchdowns this past year he's also one interception over three years guys so you like but he also has nine pass breakups um where he gets beat is kind of in the quick game on inbreakers like slants and again, there's a lot of pass breakups and slants too. But like when you do see him give up catches is on the slants and maybe possibly on an over route or, you know, a drag route where he's playing off, which you really can't kill him on. But this is a guy who was not tested. Like they did not target at him. There was two games this season where he was targeted more than two times, Justin, and he produced, you know, it was Purdue. And then um, I forget the name. I think it was Eastern, some, some Central Michigan. They completed seven passes on 19 targets, 71 yards, and he had seven pass breakups in those games. And one of those catches were where he jumped a great, he did a great job jumping a route 
and he bobbled the ball, and a receiver ended up catching it. Uh, and that was so, against Purdue. Yeah, yeah but I, I, will, g- I will say, this is the first game that I watched of Joey Porter Jr., so I initially came off of kind of not happy, and then I watched him again. It's like, oh, okay, this, this, this dude's good. But there were some plays where Charlie Jones of Purdue, and then this game kind of opened my eyes to Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones, there were some plays that he did get the best of Porter, and where Porter kind of falters a little bit, I think Grabby at the top of the route at times and having a little bit of a wild base, I think you like Porter a little bit more than I do. I would rather, if if Porter's there at 25, it depends what the board looks like and, and everything like that. I don't, you know, I, I haven't mapped out fully what that looks like in my brain, but I would maybe pass on Porter if there's another player that I like better than him so we can take a corner a little bit later. I'm just not overly in I think the way that Porter wins is his is his insane length. That's where he absolutely wins and it's not something else that's putting him above for me. Yeah, but with like the Charlie Jones, Charlie Jones had some sex, some success in that game, but Joey Porter Jr. also had five pass breakups and the catches that right. the one really nice catch that uh Charlie Jones had was on an over route, which is like, hey, you got to be able to play those in man coverage. But that's a long developing route that's hard to cover across the field. A quick slant, which ended up being like six yards. And then the other one was a drag route versus off coverage. So it's like, yeah, is Joey Porter Jr. credited with giving up that catch? Yes, but there's not a cornerback in the NFL who's playing seven yards off and is going to be able to cover a drag route. Right. Um, you know, and and win that and force force an incompletion. So I, I, you know, like he he dominated Charlie Jones on the sideline. Like they tried to use Charlie Jones on the sideline, and Joey Porter Jr. dominated in those. And obviously, he should be you know doing that against a guy like Charlie Jones, right? But again, his production, man, like second in this class with pass breakups, uh, with nine, uh, and then for a guy who plays as aggressive as me, you think he gives some big plays here? Or there, no, like. Second out of out of anyone who's any corner who's going in the first four rounds, he was second in yards per catch. Yards per catch at nine point five yards. So again, I there like there's some stuff in the quick game, and when he is in off zone, I don't love him. Like he can kind of lose leverage on some inbreakers and doesn't like spring out of his back pedal great. But you're bringing this guy in to be a press man corner, and even if he has a play here and there against zone where you know he gives up a catch. This is a guy that's still going to be a huge, huge first round asset to you, to me. Like I, th- I, I really like Joey Porter Jr. Like he's an easy, you know, top twenty and like player for me. Yeah, I mean Joey Porter's success, I think, is really going to be determined on if he's drafted to a team that wants to run man coverage and more specifically press man, um, or is he going to go to a team that's going to be dumb like the Giants were with DeAndre Baker in 2019 being like, hey, you're a press man corner and we're going to draft you and we're going to, we're going to make you play off ball zone coverage. Um, so, you know, if a team does that to Joy Porter, then hey, you know, the start of it, at least the start of his career may not be that successful. But if he goes to a team like the Giants where they're playing press man and they use him to his strengths, certainly Joy Porter can have a successful um, career, you know, even even to start, even a rookie year that's maybe solid. Yeah, so I I, re- I really like Porter Jr. All right, let's hit the next guy on the list, uh, and that is Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland. This guy's an athlete, six foot, one hundred ninety seven pounds, ran a four three five forty, a forty two inch vertical jump, like jumped through the roof uh, at, at the combine. 
He is a great athlete who like moves around the field effortlessly in both man and zone coverage. Um, great change of direction, which you look for and, and break on the ball. Like he gets, he, you know, gets a, a good back pedal and explodes out of that. Um, to me, there's a couple things I worry about him with is one, there's times where he loses the, I, th- I think he loses the release too often and he's playing from behind, you know, and he can, that's some technique stuff that he can get better at. Obviously, he has all the athleticism, so he needs to get better at that. But you're not going to have the ability to recover as much in the NFL. But this is the one that worries me the most. In zone coverage, like wide receivers just work to his blind spots way too easily. And he'll be like noticeably lost and just lose the sideline. Like We talk about Joey Porter Jr. dominating the sideline. Banks doesn't do that, you know, where he's... Like where he's trying to play like, hey, I got, you know, I'm in that quarter pedal where I'm playing the quarterback and the wide receiver. And they'll just kind of get to his blind spot and he will he will flat out be lost. So like, but when he does like have, hey, eyes facing the quarterback, he's got good instincts for his zone. Yeah. So I think, again, I think he is a, a first round player. So definitely should be in pick 25. But to me, he's got some things to clean up. But he has all the ability in the world, the athleticism. He's just got some things to work on. Yeah, out of all these top guys, I feel like Deontay Banks is the least freaky out of all of them. Like he has thirty-one and three eighths arms, um, six foot one ninety-seven. What is freaky? I mean, he has the long speed and the explosiveness. So, so that is so that is freaky. But in terms of being extra long, Banks is not that. So I think he wins with his technique. But like Bobby said. When you do get to the sideline, I think when QBs start to improvise, that's when you see a lot of wide receivers start to go to the sideline. When quarterbacks go outside the pocket, right, and, and plays are extended, where do wide receivers go? They don't go. You don't throw towards the middle of the field. You throw towards the sideline. So um, that that's bad. Where that's where Banks can kind of lose a little bit. But I think he knows how to use independent hands. Um, I think this is one of the best technical players that we're reviewing. Um, he has experience in a variety of different play styles um, at Maryland, which I thought was 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 pretty fun. Um, so he's a love. I he's a love. I have la- I have him labeled as a love it player for me. A love it player for me. It feels like Banks is going to be like a lock to be a a good pro for a long time if he can kind of get coaching in that one specific area we talked about. Yeah, and, and like I, when he's in press, it's to me he's hit or miss. Like he'll have some really awesome press reps, and then like I said, he'll miss, and then he'll be exposed, and you know. He's getting beat on an over route for a touchdown, you know, and again, he wasn't getting killed or anything like he didn't give up a, a catch over 29 yards this past season. So, you know, that's a positive, but he meets all like the, like, like what you look for in a corner, like six foot 31, you know, inch arms, four, three, five, four. Like he, he's the athlete to play corner. He's the size to play that outside corner, but he's just got some things to uh, work on. And the, the one, the one thing, the sideline stuff does worry me because a lot of that is just kind of feel as a player. And then when you're playing in the NFL, man, you'll you'll get worked if you don't have that feel to play on the outside, like you know, playing that two man game because you can't just line up in man coverage every single time. You can't just be eyes on the quarterback all the time. You're going to get lost. So that is something that worries me a little bit with him. But he has all the tools you look for, and as a corner that I I would love for Jerome Henderson to be able to get his hands on him and work. Uh, work with him. Yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling he'll be gone before twenty-five, though. Do you, what, what grade do you, you think have on so? Him? What grade do you have on him? Like end of first, early second. End of first, early second. So there's Gonzalez. There's Witherspoon. Who would who who's considered the third corner in that? Is it Porter? 
Joey Porter. And then, oh yeah, then I yeah, then I would say Banks is a drop down from that. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, he, like, he I, may be around the twenty five range. Like I, I feel pretty solid. Him, I, I haven't Witherspoon. I didn't watch uh, Gonzalez. He's gonna and be down. obviously Joey Porter Jr. I, I think he like I think Forbes. I think Forbes and Stevenson are closer to Banks than Banks is to those other guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, which is why it's like I, I'd almost be in the, the boat of like, maybe we can get Forbes or Stevenson in the second type guy. Like, yeah, so he would. He like you. I don't. I don't think he's going to be the guy I land on. Like, if we pick him at twenty five, I think it's a good pick, but. I think I would be more excited about Forbes, and maybe Forbes goes way higher. Forbes or Stevenson at pick fifty-seven than I am Banks at twenty-five. If that makes any sense, I I would one hundred percent agree with that. So, it's it's just he's not. I don't watch his film and fall in love with him. I watch his film like this is a good player. Um, you know, like he's got all the tools you want to work with to become a, a good NFL player. But I don't watch him and, and fall in love with him. I watch him and think might be an average corner. In the NFL, could be a really good one, but I th- I think there's some things there that sc- that there's there's when I watch him, I don't I don't watch him and I'm like man, this guy's it, you know. Like I watch him, I'm like, there's too many times where he's losing the release and playing from behind, and the blind spot thing on the sideline worries me. And you mentioned the blind spot stuff on the sideline and how that's like a feel for the game. He's 23, turning 24 next March, so he just turned 23. Just so- turned 22. Oh, oh! There were some wrong. wrong dates out there on him. He just turned twenty-two. Just turned twenty-two. Okay, then never mind. Not a point that he's maybe a year older than what Joe Shane's comfortable with. That point is wrong. A guy that also just turned twenty-two is Emmanuel Fors, a cornerback out of Mississippi State. This is going to be a guy who elicits a lot of strong response uh, responses, re- a reaction from on both sides, because he's six foot one. 32 and a quarter inch arms. He's long. He runs a 4-3-5-40. I think he is the best just mover on the field. Like, nobody moves around on the field in this class better than Emmanuel Ford. Maybe Witherspoon because I haven't watched him. But this guy just gl- like glides around the field. Smooth. But he's 166 pounds. He is light. Um, Where the reason why I like him, though, is at least I'm not talking about like a 5-9-5-10 corner with the size. Like, at least he's long. And again, he glides around the field. He is an he is an A one athlete, and he plays with the confidence of one too. Like watching him do some stuff in zone is beautiful. Like the way he's able to play the two man game and bait the quarterback, and then obviously everyone knows like how aggressive he can be to even jump passes in the flats. Like he had you know interceptions in, in the flats, which are game changing plays. Maybe not get those all the way, all the time in the NFL. And again, out of all these guys, had six interceptions, which is the most out of all of them by a wide margin and just the way he's able to like like he'll be playing with five yards of cushion on a guy and he decides all right cushion gone and he's there like he is he is on that wide receiver um but the size worries you there's times where he does get in man and he's playing in phase like in the hip and then he'll get quick killed by some quick cuts where he's kind of overcommitted. so it's like he has like all the man athleticism but he's got to get better at kind of anticipating route breaks but man, I think this is a guy who baits quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, he's aggressive, and even even with the size, like he's got a great demeanor, and, and he plays the run game pretty well. Obviously, in the, it's going to be a different game in the NFL. But like this guy just moves around the field better than anybody, Justin. Elite, elite ball production, and why 
Uh, I, I'm a sucker for Emmanuel Forbes. It's because just as, as a football fan, I like seeing my cornerbacks who can make a play on the football, whether it's a pass breakup, whether it's an interception. If you could play the football, and especially I think in today's game, you know, I kind of want cornerbacks that are gonna that are gonna be targeted. You know, I I don't want targeted guys that are because you're because the receivers are open all the time. But I want guys that are gonna be targeted because I want to trust my corners that they can make a play on the football. They can make a smart, responsible play on the football without getting flagged. Does Emmanuel Forbes have a little bit of a a grabbing problem? I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't write it's, it down. I mean, there's plays, but compared to other guys in this class, I, compared it, to other guys, no. I, I no. thought. I thought I wrote it down, so that's great. Doesn't when have he, that when he know he'll grab when he flat out knows he's beat. Right. Where other right. guys, they'll kind of grab unnecessarily. But elite, elite ball production, production, and instinctive player who has solid spatial awareness and off-ball coverage. You talked about that great burst, firing downhill towards the ball and his targets. You also talked about that. Um, since Forbes entered college in 2020, he leads all college football players with 14 interceptions and six returned for touchdowns, an FBS record. Uh, I think that just shows his he's he's an athlete. He flows. He's fast. He can get to the end zone when he gets a ball in his hands. I, I'm I'm all for saying that. You know, oh, that's a little random. You know, if if you return a pick six back, it could be random on situation and place and time and wherever wherever. Uh, six out of fourteen. I don't know if that's so random. That's that's kind of crazy. He also has thirty five pass deflections in his last three years. He had eleven in twenty twenty, sixteen this year in two thousand twenty two in twelve games. Emmanuel Forbes has elite elite ball production with thirty two and one quarter arms. Just turned twenty two, turning twenty three next January. I am with you, Bobby. Where I would love. If we can walk away with Emmanuel Forbes at 57, I don't even think he'll be there. Um, but if he I mean, somehow falls, uh, I, would, I would love for him. In the mock simulators, he's like, you know, I took him in the in the mock draft video last week at 57. Now, he did give up a lot of, like, with that with that ball production, the his first two seasons, he gave up a lot of yards. Now, this past year, he didn't. He only gave up 284 yards. And, and he only gave up 9.2 yards per reception on a 53% completion rate. Yeah. Uh, so, but there, so there's, there's plays where he's going to get beat in man coverage. He just kind of has to have a better job anticipating. And it's just, can he put some weight on? Like, I, I don't know. Can we get I him up say, to, can we get him up to 180 pounds? Like he didn't he, really put on weight in college. He was, yeah, he was 165, 100. He was the same weight when he was a senior in high school. He was the same weight than what he is right now. So. Yeah. So he's, I mean, again, I, to me, it's. I look at him and I'm like, that guy kind of moves around the field to where it's like he's got to be at least pretty good, right? Like it's just again, he the way he's able to close space is awesome, and he knows it, and he plays with that confidence. And when you're playing zone coverage, man, that's how you get that ball production. Is like you you play mind games with the quarterbacks where you're playing off or they're running a two man route, and you're kind of playing the middle on it, trying to bait that quarterback, and then is just able to stick a foot in the ground and go. Uh, so it's just an exciting player to watch, but again, there's just going to be he, he's going to elicit a lot of different uh, emotions because of that size. There is some bad man coverage reps where he gets beat on this, uh, you know, on on these quick cuts that'll that'll leave him, you know, leave him vulnerable. So obviously, he's going to be a work in progress outside of the size, but the guy just, you know, the guy moves so well that if I was a DB coach, I'd want to coach him up so badly. And ball production. 
and being instinctive and get, and getting the ball in your hands when it's thrown to you and breaking up a pass, which I think is you know in a league where, hey, I'm not even going to say that you're throwing more in the NFL because you know, maybe running the ball is coming back a little bit, but in a league where you're throwing the ball a lot, um, a guy that can make a play in a football like Emmanuel Forbes, uh, I think is going to be really valuable. The next guy on this list is my favorite for where he's being mocked, but today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, what? SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. Wow, number one. They're just like talking giants. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always want to make sure you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for green dots, dots, dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. I might be trying to go to a Nets and a Devils playoff game when I'm up in New York in a couple weeks. Wow. Uh, so Nets, try and survive. Or don't put it on the night of the draft, you know, when you're when you're in Brooklyn. Uh, and Devils... We're going to win. We're going to win. Hope Devils, let's make it the games that are at Madison Square Garden, not when I'm there. The games that are in New Jersey so I can afford them. How about that? There's a big scare in Devils uh, Twitter right now about like, and again, this Rangers fans will love this. I don't, it's like, ah, Rangers fans are going to buy tickets to the, De- you know, the Devils home games, which is they like, are. I get, I get it, but we going to win. Luke Hughes just upgraded. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the, click the link in the description to download the application. All right, next guy on this list. Listen, we all know I love my Miami guys, but I also can be too hard on them sometimes. But next on this list is Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. And I fell in love with this guy at the Senior Bowl. Watched his film and fell in love with him more. It's six foot, 198 pounds. Justin, to me, he's just very well-rounded and a good press cornerback who plays with an aggressive demeanor. Um, he only gave up, like, his speed is good, not great, obviously. Um, and he doesn't have, like, amazing bounce out his back pedal. But he is as physical as they get. Like after Joey Porter Jr., like he is as physical as he gets with his jams. And he's just got patience that just disrupts the wide receivers. And to me, what I think about him is this guy knows ball. Like Dyrick Stevens should be able to go out and say, I know ball. Whether he's playing off man, off zone, press man, press zone. This guy just has an elite ability to anticipate what the offense is doing and beating that wide receiver to the catch point. And he will run routes for wide receivers. Like you put him on crossers, you know, like he'll stay connected and he'll fight for that inside leverage, uh, through the break. Um, you know, quick game, like he's going to beat you to the, to the point, you know, the catch point on those slant routes. Um, and again, I think he's just got good ball skills in general. Justin, I, I really, really love Tyreek Stevenson. Is it just because I'm a Miami guy? No, no, it's not. Um, really, really did impress over the Senior Bowl. I think he had some of the more wow plays. I tried to record a lot of the wide receiver DB 1v1s. Just really wow plays, not getting flagged, but also being physical, blanketing guys, and again, making plays on the football, which I am an absolute, absolute sucker for. But he wasn't even targeted a lot um, when he was at Miami, but he is a very, very balanced player. There was a certain point where he was listed at 215 pounds. That is a 
that is like safety size. He weighed in at 198 pounds um, for the combine. He he checks off the box of having arms longer than 30 inches, 32 and three eighths. He is 22. He is turning 23 in the month of May. So very, very bounce player, not a special athlete, um, but I think he's going to make up for it because he's just he plays the position of cornerback really well. He had a solid 40 time. His vertical jump was great. And what's crazy is this doesn't – again, he doesn't have, like, amazing change of direction. But his combine, the three-cone drill and the shuttle, which, like, is testing your change of direction, were awful. Like, his shuttle was almost, you know, was almost slower than his 40 time, which is It's, unseen. like, 5 percentile, and then the three-cone is, like, almost 20th percentile. Yeah, like, really, really bad. But, again, that doesn't show up on film. And, again, like, this guy just wins the leverage battle at all times. Like, he just can anticipate and ID what you're trying to do. Um, and then, like, he's an excellent leaper, and, like, he just drives drives force from his legs. And, like, some stats on him. Second best in the class with or, uh, catches allowed with only 17. Um, and out of all the guys we're talking about, he's the best. Like, I think the other guy is, like, some, like, guy who's projected to go fifth, sixth round. Um, he only gave up 350. You're going to look and see a lot of yards per catch. So he gave up 353 yards this year. 137 of those were in three catches versus UNC, Justin. So 39% of his yards came in three catches versus North Carolina. And that's where coverage stats can be a little misleading is there were blown coverages. Like the first one, the longest one, was like he was kind of playing the flats and maybe supposed to carry a little bit. And the safety just comes crashing down and it leaves the wide receiver wide open on the sideline, right? Like just why? Like the safety was just playing over aggressive. So even if like maybe that was his mistake, like I'm not going to look at this guy and like he got beat for a 79 yard touchdown. There was some type of miscommunication on that play. Like I can we can get that ironed out at the next level. And the other one was a post route where there's no safety help in the middle. Where again the safety seemed to be playing a little more too aggressive. So he kind of got screwed on those. But other than that, I mean, again, only gave up 17 catches, which out of all the guys we're talking about is the best in this class. Um, so I think he's very well-rounded. Who can You could put him in any single scheme, and he's going to do well. And he just – all right, my comparison. I hate doing comparisons because oh, they can be go. lofty expectations. But watching him, he reminds me of James Bradbury. Sure. He really does. Where it's like he just knows what you're doing. He's good at baiting the quarterback. He can play zone really well. He's uh, you know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. Does he's not like super twitchy, but like he's you know a, an athletic enough. Like he he reminds me of watching James Bradbury. Uh, remind me, like that's lofty. That's lofty goals. But again, I I, I think this guy is underrated uh, right now. Like I have him as a high second round pick. I want to see where James Bradbury was drafted. Sec, uh, be top of the second round. Or well, it might have been the end of the second round. It was 62nd overall. Yeah, it was the, the he was drafted the year after the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, uh, and Bradbury really struggled as a rookie and then obviously got better. You know, that was the year they his rookie was the year they moved off of Josh Norman. That is something we haven't talked about in this in this episode. Like Sauce Gardner is the absolute exception to the norm that is cornerbacks are most likely going to struggle in their in their first year which is I'm I'm kind of glad that they that they took this approach with Cordell Flott that he didn't really have to play that hopefully he can add some muscle mass he got significant reps when he needed to get significant reps and even made a, a couple good plays for confidence boosters and then hopefully he can kind of you know 
file into cornerback next year and then be ready to rock and roll with the year under his belt, learning the position and still being super young. So there you yeah, go. And like a guy like sauce is just a different, I mean, you know, when we talked about him last year, I thought I said he was the best player in the class. Uh, sauce was just kind of a different dude watching us. Yeah. It was the best cornerback film since we've been doing this that I, I thought I've watched by far. Yeah. Remember there was that late charge at the end, like actually Derek Stingley is cornerback one. And I was like, you know, corner's not my greatest position, but I feel like this is, <laughs> this is just wrong. Like, even if yeah. you looked at like his, uh, you know, everyone said, oh, his freshman film was the best. It's like his freshman film's nowhere near what Sauce Gardner's been putting up. All I right. would like. The Giants haven't met with Tyreek Stevenson, and I would like the Giants to meet with them. They now they could have had meetings at the Senior Bowl that were yeah. un, unreported, True. you know. So hopefully they got some time down there. Obviously, uh, Jerome Henderson was down there watching those corners. I I, th- I think he's a guy. I just I like him. I love him. I love him. All right, next on this list is a player where this guy has to figure stuff out. And this was this was someone we talked about on the way too early draft preview, Justin, in, in the summer, and we're like, why is he being like top ten, getting top ten hype? Like, I don't, I don't see this with him. But he's gonna be only he's only gonna be twenty one in June. He's six foot two, two hundred seven pounds, ran a four three six forty. It's a hell of an athlete with great size, and he's young. And that is Georgia cornerback Keely Ringo, a big, fast cornerback. But to me, Justin, he needs to put it together because unless he's kind of playing like carrying a, a route vertical, which, hey, he can carry routes vertical with the best of them. He's not he's not winning. He's not winning reps, Justin. <clears throat> like out of all these guys we talked about, he gave up the most uh, yards allowed and he had, you know, the second most penalties out of, you know, these guys we're going to talk about. But I think his change of direction is just bad. And his, and, or it's either that or his ability to anticipate routes. Like he gets killed on breaks. Like he gets put all over the place. Like again, and I think it comes with bad route recognition. I don't think his change of direction, um, is great. Like he, he really struggles to stay with guys. Like he gets sauce. And I'm not just talking about like Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Every, by the way, I actually watched him a little bit for the first time and, that dude's nuts. Like he can, <laughs> I like it's it's insane. Like trade up in the to pick one to get this type of wide receiver. Oh, a um, couple drops though that worried me a little bit. Um, again, he just kind of gets killed at the stem. Like whether it's his hip, he gets his hips turned and he overcommits, and he just wide receivers like turn him into food and just play games with him. So he is someone who has all the ability in the world, and he's young. So that's where it's like, hey, we can mold this guy, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we're two, three years from now and, and we're talking like, uh, remember Keely Ringo? He was a first round. And he maybe won't go for, he might not go first round. Actually, probably doesn't go first round. But it's like, I, you know, that I, I'm i not a big fan of Ringo. Like, he's got a lot of work to do. So he's got the ability, but it's like, you got to project a lot with Ringo. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Keely Ringo could maybe move to safety or at least. Not to start, because the athleticism is absolutely there. Um, you, you said it before the show. The reason why guys maybe would move uh, from corner to safety is because they don't necessarily have the athleticism, maybe the long speed to hang out there, so then they move to safety, right? Ringo, has he has the athleticism. He has the, he has the speed, and it's so crazy 
that he's 6'2", 207, 210 pounds. He's literally built like he is a safety, but he can have the long speed to kind of be successful out there as a corner. Um, so, yeah, he does get targeted a lot, 137 targets over the last two years, but he got hands on like less than 10% of those, which is not good. You want to, you, again, you want to be a corner that's affecting the football, picking off the football or deflecting it or breaking it up. So Keely Ringo did not do that. So I, I think as a fail safe and an NFL team may do this right away. I, I do think that is in the works. They may move him to safety. And I think that's a fail safe of if he doesn't work at corner, because he's just way too good of an athlete to, you know, not work in the NFL, but the awareness stuff uh, that may be one of the reasons why he may not work and he may be a bust. And that's why I think like the safety talk is a little misguided with him. Cause like, like you said, like, safety to me is like a guy who knows what's going on in the field, but he just doesn't have the ability to hang with wide receivers in the NFL. Um, with Ringo's like he has all, he has the ability to hang with these, uh, wide receivers. It's just, he's got to put together. Like I, I'm not putting a guy at, at safety who's like, Hey, he kind of has a bad job IDing what receivers are doing and can get manipulated like like where are we gonna put him at box safety is like is that what we're gonna do because i'll like he's physical like that you know for the he plays he plays to that size like he's very physical with his jams when he lands him but he just loses a release and mistimes him too often so this is again played at georgia had that interception against bryce young in the national championship game and i think that kind of hyped it up a little bit and his numbers were better in 2021 compared to 2022 but i just i just see wide receivers playing games with him too often like it listen if we're asking if if you put him in a cover three system he will succeed because he is good at pressing and then transitioning from that press to you know carrying the sideline so you put him in that but like I don't like we're the you know Wink Martindale likes to run a lot of cover three obviously, but it's not like the Patrick Graham, Pete Carroll type of cover three where you're rushing four a lot. Like you're going to be put on an island and, and yeah. be putting cover one and man coverage a lot too. Um, it's just cover one and cover three are like sisters uh, of coverages. Um, so it's you put them on like you put them on the Seahawks or you know the you know a Gus Bradley type defense I think you can get some success with him and hopefully he can grow with that but if you don't he's going to struggle a lot early again 6 foot 2 210 pounds he clocked an approximate speed of 23 and a half miles per hour during one of his pre-draft workouts um the fastest ball carrier in the NFL this past season came in at around 22 miles per hour that's kind of nuts yeah good athlete again. <laughs> he, you gotta if you want to draft him and, proje and project him that's cool but there's it is a projection with with keely ringo like Absolutely. that he's gonna get better at things he struggled with in college all right next guy in this list is a weird this is the hey i had the hardest time getting a read on this guy and that's cam smith the cornerback out of south carolina who's been like put in the first round and then i see people who have him as like third round grades on him he's six foot one 180 pounds to me, he's a high IQ cornerback, and he knows when and where to be, and he plays well in off coverage. Um, you know, he's got solid speed. The speed doesn't really like flash on tape a ton, but he is he is a smooth mover, and it shows up in his change of direction. Um, and he's he's excellent at reading wide receivers' hips, and will again another guy who will run routes for them. Uh, and he works out of his back back pedal, has good ball skills, good ball production too, but. Here's why I get worried is 
we talked about Keely Ringo having some holding penalty, you know, holding penalties, a lot of holding penalties. Cam Smith has the most. Yeah. He had 10, which was one more than Keely Ringo. Like, oh, not much more. In four less games. He'd had 10 and 11 games. Ringo had nine and, and 15. Um, so in man coverage, it's just, he holds a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And you don't see the great man coverage reps that you would like to see where it's like, okay, this guy with, through his holding penalties, he at least has some really good, good stuff out there with cam. It's this guy's great playing off coverage can pounce out of his back pedal. Good, you know, good ball skills and understands what they're doing. But it's like, what happens with him? But I, I like Cam Smith, though. I'm not, like, first round uh, like him, but I do like Cam Smith. Giants have met with uh, Cam Smith. Top 30 visit, too. I think this is one of the first players where I really watch him kind of right away, and I say, you are one of smart, tough, dependable. And I think he really qualifies under a smart player. I think he's a coach's best friend out there. I saw him doing this a lot pre-snap, too. Always calling stuff out on the field and directing. Um, I mean, my, my first note on him, Justin, is high IQ cornerback who knows when and where to be. Yeah, yeah, not shy coming off his man to to make to go make a play on the football. I really feel like his 2021 tape does a much better job showing off his ball skills and showing off just yeah, how kind of ballsy ballsy he is at kind of going after the football. I think in 2022. He was kind of flipping between slot corner and outside corner, whereas 2021, he was solely at outside corner. 94 career targets, either tipped, broken up, or intercepted. He is really strongest in the quick game. Bobby, I think you were saying that. Quick as a player, very smart, able to read, diagnose, and knows what the offense is running. Breaks on the ball really well and reads the QB's eyes. Um, And then, you know, the biggest thing in my negative is gets grabby at the top of the route. It led to 10 penalties in 2022. There are some questions on his long speed and facing quick moves kind of kind of at the line. I guess if you are face to face with somebody facing those quick moves, those quick moves, if he's kind of off ball, I think he can kind of read it well and then move forward and make a play on the football there. But um, with a lack of experience also in press, there are some questions on if the Giants are the best fit, especially at where you know where do you have him ranked? Do you have him ranked as a second, third round player? Late, late second, late second, and that's early, where we're picking. Early third is where I feel best, but late, late second, and that's um, where we're picking. This, you know, we everyone you talk about Keely Ringo's safety. I was watching a game of his in 2021. They were put, they played him at safety a little bit, and not only did he play safety and play it well. Dude's physical. Like, he loved to hit. He even got, like, a penalty, I think, for hitting a guy. Like, he likes to hit. So, you know, there is some versatility there that, like, maybe you can, you know, turn this guy into a really good safety because you're worried about him being grabby and not being, uh, you know, the most experienced and best in man covers. But you got to at least give him a shot out at corner. So, I I don't know. Where, where is Cam Smith going to go? Because I've seen, like, I thought he was... Before I, you know, watch him, you just look at, like, where people rank stuff, you know, and you kind of get this preconceived, like, this is where he's supposed to go. I've seen him go in the first, and then I've seen him be like, hey, he's like a third to fourth round player. Like, where do you – I think he's going to go, like, between – before pick 50. Yeah. uh, Where does – where does Dane Brugler have him? I'm not sure. I have it right here. His Darius Rush before him has Cam Smith at 66 overall, and then PFF has him projected as a, as a second-round pick, 39th on their board. 
Okay. So that's a that's quite a it's a little bit of a difference. That's but that's the difference between being an early second round pick and sixty six is what round is that? Is that still the second round? No, it's uh, third. No, it's the start of that's, the third. That's the start of the third. Here, let me let me see what uh, Pro Football Network has him at. Pro Football Network has him as twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Wow. Which I don't agree with that, but again, there's. There's different. There's a wide range of opinions on this guy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another South Carolina guy. Before that, won't you talk to us about a whole different thing? I'll talk to you about a a whole different thing, and man, I'll tell you, it is a whole different thing because we are talking about Manscaped, and man, scape spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning this year. Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face. With the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit and get 20% off plus free shipping using code GIANTS. You thought I was going to talk about your balls. Wrong. The kit starts with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer that has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus the trimmer has a titanium coated T-blade that is tough on hair but smooth on your face. Pro Kit also comes with shampoo and conditioner. Beard shampoo and conditioner, that is. The beard oil. And to cap it off, there is beard bomb. And the Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts in all caps. A beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. I have heard great things about the beard brush. It feels great on your face. So to get 20% off and free shipping with our code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's what you got to do. You got to go to manscaped.com. Use promo code GIANTS. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. And you'll be glad if you go watch Darius Rush and listen to what we got to say about him. Another cornerback out of South Carolina. Justin, we saw him at the Senior Bowl and it was just like, kept on being like, this dude's huge. He's nuts. Like, he's at, he's listed, he went, he measured in a 6'2. I'm calling the Combine's liar. I think this guy's six foot three, but he's not. He's six foot two, 198 pounds, 33 and three eighths inch arms. With that size, ran a four three six forty. Like at the wow. Senior Bowl, he, the the fastest time clock down there is just like in miles per hour was Darius Rush. So he, you know he has the speed, and I'm telling you, this guy just engulfs wide receivers. Like just engulfs wide receivers. But he needs work. Here's why a guy who needs the work that Darius Rush has. Why I'm like I'm fine with like him having some technical issues. He came into South Carolina as a wide receiver. And then in 2019 midseason, they're like, "All right, we're gonna move you to the corner." Right? You are a sucker for changing posi- for guys that change positions. Yeah, mid 2019. So it's like can't even really count that as year. Like you didn't get training camp. You can play half the season a wide receiver. You move over. How much attention are they gonna give you? Or are they just gonna be playing their you know their game? Then you have the COVID year where it's like that sucks. So he's had two full seasons of playing cornerback at South Carolina, and he produced pretty damn well. With that size, that speed, where you don't find that combo very, very often. Um, and here's the other thing. Good recovery ability. Again, there's some technical issues, but he has the speed. He has the size and the ability to recover, which like ability to recover to me is just like that's playing ball. And again, he just like just eats up these wide receivers, you know. But again, the stuff that he needs to work on. 
he'll mistime his uh, his jams and he'll leave him lunging, and he's not gonna he's never gonna be the best like mirror you know foot mirroring with wide receivers. But it's like you gotta he's gotta land those jams more consistently and and not be lunging with them, um, you know. So he gets beat on the release too often, and then on routes that have like little subtle breaks, like an over route, he'll get beat on those pretty pretty badly, you know. But again, like he on some of those he gets back into the catch space. Uh, you know, and like if you put him in press, like he funnels into the sideline and he stays in the hip really well. And I think he like for a guy who's new to the position has a good understanding of like what like what is happening and anticipating stuff and closing windows for quarterbacks. So who do you uh who do you like better? Um Cam Smith or Darius Rush? For where they're projected, Darius Rush. Cam Smith is Probably a better player. Like Rush is, he's got like, Rush is like, like Cam Smith, great out of his back pedal and pounces. Rush doesn't do that, right? Um, but Rush is just a guy who I, th- now he could be a bust too. Like he could be like our, our friend Amonio, who we just signed from the Lions, where it's like long dude, good ball skills, recoverability, but there's just too many bad plays that you see. Like again, like you see him, like a, a fast wide receiver will, beat him off the release he'll be kind of recovering and then they'll just do a little subtle break and bam he's lost he's gone like he's he's getting beat and they're getting beat on those crossing routes but again for guys new to the position put up the production he did you know only gave up you know over two years 50 percent uh of his passes is completed against him uh i i like this guy like i, I think he's gonna i'm i i i really think he's gonna be a good player and you got to get the right coaching with him and stuff but if he's putting in the work, I think Darius Rush is a good player in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Arms that are a little over 33 inches. He's 22 right now, turning 23 in December. So, you know, he's still still definitely uh, you know, a ball of clay that you can kind of morph because of how new he is to the position, for sure. Um, all right, let's finish this off. We got Julius Brent. Let's talk about a guy being big. Julius Brent's the cornerback out of Kansas State who's – uh, just turned 23 in January. Six foot three, 198 pounds, 34 inch arms. Okay, let's. Where does this guy test? Now his 40 time wasn't great at a four five three. Everything else was elite. Vertical jump, 41 and a half inches. Three cone drills, six six three. Shuttle, four oh five. Like those were, you know, second best for the cornerback position in those drills. Um, Justin, he's a long corner who I think he uses his size well. Um, but speed. I worry about him deep. Like, out of all these guys we talked about, I don't really stress about them getting beat deep. Brent's, I do worry about that, which could, like, you know, limit him in some, uh, you know, the way you, you, the way you use him. Uh, and when he does get beat vertically, he'll open his hips and just be vulnerable to the breaks. But again, he, he uses his size well. If he has physical jams, like, it allows him to stay connected. Um, and I think, like, out of his backpack, like, for a guy his size, like, he's, like, Good hips and explodes out his back pedal and, and good instincts in zone coverage. But for a guy that's his size and that athlete, like he might be better in a more zone scheme. I think Kansas State more known for playing a little bit more. Yeah, more zone that's the too. other thing is the scheme didn't really like it doesn't allow a corner to show off, especially a corner like Julius Sprints. Like yeah. when he played the TCU, I wanted them to be like, press this cat up. Let this dude press this cat up and let's see a battle right here between these two. And we really never got to see it. Yeah, and that's where it's tough projecting corners 
you know, if you're if you're if you're the Giants, where you know you want to get this guy to play man coverage and he's playing zone, you know, it's NFL teams know how to project that. We we don't necessarily know how to project it all the time. But I mean, six foot ten uh, wingspan is one six of the longest. Ten. This guy's going to play power forward. Is one of the wingspan, the wingspan. Oh, okay, Bobby okay, okay. Six foot ten wingspan is one of the longest frames you'll ever see from a cornerback. Thirty four inch arms, all like six foot three, six foot four. Um, you mentioned the the cone, the, the short shuttle, the stuff that I that I kind of want to talk about. I think, I think he's good in the, another guy that's good in the quick game. Another guy that can kind of jumble the football. Um, he is a physical physical corner, um, willing to play the run. Um, he's I think he's a little bit more of a of a hugger and kind of like a bear hugger in the run game after he kind of makes that initial hit instead of fully like wrap, wrapping up and kind of driving a shoulder, bringing the guy to the ground. But Julius Brents, long, use your size. If you're drafted the Giants, then the Giants fully believe in your ability to run a man coverage scheme and maybe even run a little a little bit more press. The Giants did meet with him, correct? Uh, yeah, I think maybe at a pro day. I can't remember exactly. But again, like the only thing that's holding this guy back from being like a top of the second round or even hella first round is like the long speed isn't great and he has trouble recovering when he gets beat like initially on that deep stuff. But other than that, like this is a fun player. Like Robert Smith, who we, you know, have on frequently and it's gonna be part of our trade. Like he's in full bloom love with Julius Prince. If we're looking at RAS scores, I think he has like the fourth best cornerback RA relative athletic score recorded. But Even here's with the forty? That's what I was going to say is that's why I, I don't love RAS is it gives tall guys such an easy like ability to have great relative athletic scores. Like to be the fourth best ever, you can't have a four, five, three, four. I don't no. care if you're six foot three. No, no I, I, yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah. That's the- why I do not love relative. Ath- they're And it's getting bigger and bigger, by the way, like relative athletic score is getting huge and it's like, it seems like every single guy has like a 9.5 or above. There's good athletes. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good athletes out yeah. there. Maybe Indy is just getting faster too. Uh, so, yeah. A lot of good but, athletes. Again, but he do, I mean, with that being said, we're talking about his 40 time not being great. Like 41 and a half inch vertical jump and 6.633 cone drill. That's nuts. A 405 shuttle. That's great. So, like. He did test really damn good. He just didn't have a great 40 time. Absolutely. So that's that's cornerbacks. Bam. All right, that's the cornerback episode. Friday, safeties, which pre, like, you know, recording the last show and going to the next show, it's the position I'm the least ready to do. Uh, every other position we talk about, I'm more ready. Uh, so... Safeties. Uh, we've got to get a lot of work in before Friday to watch these guys. And safety's a pretty damn big position in need. But I guess everyone's saying the class sucks. But you know what? We're going to find some guys that we like. We're going to replace Julian Love on Friday. So anything else, Justin, before we go? Nothing else. See you Friday. All right. We'll see you Friday. We'll appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>